Okay, we are on page Kuf Lamed Beis. Kuf Lamed Beis, where the second paragraph begins and it says, V'hatachlis. Kuf Lamed Beis. And we talked about at the end of last week the Rambam saying this period of time um, of. Oh, I'm sorry, excuse me, let me just back up a minute of Mashiach is for a person to be able to gain Shlemus in the most optimum environment. And from there they go to Olam Haba. That's where we are now. Vahataklis, again, Kuflam at base, second paragraph. It's already quite a few pages into the into the handout. And then the ultimate goal, the ultimate purpose, who? Ha'olam haba. Is olam haba. That's the, you might say, the final destination. Ulu'umaso hi ha'ishtadlus. And bringing us to that is our hishtadlus, meaning our efforts. Everything that we do in this world determines where we are in that world. And that's really something about which there's no machlokas. No matter how we understand Olam Habod, Chiyas HaMesim, and the differences between the Ramchal and the Rambam, the Mukubam and the Rambam, but regarding our place in Olam Habod, it's all about Hishtadlus, the effort that we put into it. Kuflam Beis. About six, seven lines down. Therefore, this wise person, who is strong in the knowledge of truth, he set his sights on the ultimate goal, and he set aside other things, Amar, and he said at the beginning of Pirkei Avos, Kol Yisroel, I'm sorry, yeah, we, we say it at the beginning of Pirkei Avos, this is actually a Mishnah in Sanhedrin, Kol Yisroel Yeshlohem Chelek Laolam Haba. Every Jewish person has a portion in the world to come. So therefore, when the Rambam said two lines ago, this Chacham, this wise person, who was strong in the knowledge of truth, he's talking about this Mishnah, where it says, all the Jewish people have the chalik and olam haba. Now, it's possible that was Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi because he wrote down the Mishnah, but it's not stated in the name of any particular chacham, which happens a lot in Mishnah. It's called stam, it's just stated plain. So that Tana, who wrote that statement, called Yisrael Yishlam chalik olam haba, he had his eyes on the ultimate goal of where everybody is going to, his Rath Hashem. Ve'im hu hatachlis And being that it is the most desirable goal. Eino ro'i l'mishu hu rotze she'yihiyya oved me'ahava It would not be appropriate for anybody who is striving to serve Hashem out of love for them to be obeyed with the specific goal of reaching Olam Haba, as we said earlier, that's that, those few pages we went through when the Ramam's talking about ulterior motives and trying to reach Hashem for the sake of reaching Hashem because that's the truth. And then anything else is, you might say, an ulterior motive, and we have to work through all of our ulterior motives until we get to the ultimate motive. And he brought examples of different points in people's life where a child wants candy, an adult wants money, a, a, a further adult wants honor, so all these things. But ultimately, we, we want to be close to Hashem. avod al what we want truly is to serve Hashem during this time of Hishtadlus based on what we said, Vizahu, which is, Ki, 
When one comes to believe that there truly is wisdom, which is the Torah, and this wisdom reached the prophets, meaning it was perceived, understood by our Navim from Hashem, and he conveyed to them, he communicated to them this wisdom of Torah, Shehamidos Hatovos and good Midos Vehein Hamitzvos, which are the mitzvos, Kach, these are them. Meaning, if a person is focusing on what's truth, so we take a look at the Torah, and the Torah says, these are the mitzvos I say, these are the positive mitzvos, we're face to face with ultimate truth and ultimate good when we read that mitzvah in the Torah. Vahamidos haraos vehenu averos hein kach. And bad midos, which are transgressions, they are these. All the things that the Torah lists, it's absolute truth. We're face to face with absolute truth. Every single word, every single letter of the Torah. Ro'ui lo mitzad shehu adam yeshar hamezek. It would be most appropriate for a person who is of a good constituency, to do that which is good and to move away from that which is bad. So in other words, this time of Hishtadlus, Olam Hazeh, where we earn our Olam Haba, let's take a look at the Torah, see what it says, and follow it because that's what God told us to do. Through all the Nevi'im, that's what they understood. And when a person does this, meaning when they keep the Torah and they are keeping the Torah for the right reasons, because Hashem commanded it to us, sounds simple, but it's a very great accomplishment. It's right, a beautiful statement from the Rambam. At that point, a person becomes a complete and whole human being. Right? When we realize it's all true, when we're doing all this because it's true, and for the sake of Hashem, that is a complete human being. We are separate from the animals, because animals go operate by instinct, self-preservation and those things. We're trying to not go by instinct, but to go by Emes. Okay, so now the Rambam is going to say to us a concept in eternal life, which is what Olam Haba is. And he says it as follows. When a person is whole and complete. It is of the nature of a person who is Sholem, Asher Ein Lo Monea, who now has nothing holding him or her back. There's nothing negative, no obstruction, no impediment. They've reached this point of wholeness. Shatichya Nafsho. When a person reaches that, their soul lives. There's nothing bringing it down. There's nothing bringing it death. And it endures through the enduring nature of that which is known to her. Now, we talked about this several weeks ago. It was that very um, focused Rambam, very deep Rambam, that a person lives in Olam Haba based on the knowledge of Hashem that they gained in this world. The Rambam called it Yidiya. Because the knowledge that we have of Hashem in this world is connected to Hashem, Kiviyacho. Hashem is eternal. So when we are living just on that, that's our eternity. We take that Yidiya, it becomes part of us, not that Hashem becomes part of us, that Yidiyas Hashem, a later discussion, Yidiyas Hashem becomes part of us, and that's where eternity lies. So Yidiyas HaTorah is connected to Hashem, that's eternal. 
when we actualize that, we will be eternal. And there's nothing holding us back, meaning no ulterior motives, no negative behavior. It's all, that's all gone. Like the slate is wiped clean. It's just pure truth and yidiyas Hashem. V'zehu ha'olam haba. That's olam haba. Kemosha amarnu, as we said. Okay, I'm going to read those last three lines again because really this is very tachlis oriented. What the Rambam is saying is I've been building up to this. I'm going to read it starting from line two, starting at the, the end of, of line one. Ukishayihiya adam shalim. When a person is whole and complete, humiteva ha'adam hashalim. It is of the nature of that person. Asher ein lo monea who has nothing holding him back now. There's nothing negative. Shatichya nafsho v'tizkayim b'kiyum hayadua lo. That his soul will exist and endure based on the enduring and eternal nature of that which has been come, become known to her, meaning her, his soul. We are eternal based on the eternal nature of that which has become known to us. That's the Rambam's clear definition of Olam Haba. V'zehu Olam Haba u'kamosha amarnu. I'll just finish up the paragraph and we'll get to some questions. V'zehu amar, as it says in Tehillim. Al-tihiyu kesus, don't be like a horse. Kefered ein havin, like a mule that does not understand. B'meseg varesen Edyo Livlom, which holds itself back, its energies back with reins and a bridle. So don't be like a horse or a mule whose energies are held back by a reins and a bridle. Now we might think like, well, that's a good thing to hold yourself back with a rein and a bridle. That's what we're trying to do. All of the you know the guidelines in our life are holding ourselves back. But it says don't be like that. So what does that mean? The Rambam says that this pasuk in Tehillim from David HaMelech means Kamo shehamoneya es habehemos min hahishtalchus hudover mi bachutz That which holds back an animal from being wild, hishtalchus, literally being sent out. That which holds back an, back an animal from being wild, hudover mi bachutz it's something imposed on the animal from the outside. You have to train a horse. You have to train a dog. It doesn't come from within. They may be receptive to it, but you have to impose that discipline upon them. That's called the reins and the bridle. Kamoha meseg voharesen. Ve'ein ro'i ha'adam came, but ultimately a person should not be like that, that they're Discipline comes from the outside. It should come from the inside. From who we are. From the very person that we have become. Now that's an Adam Sholem. That's this ultimate person. We always have to impose things on our life to keep us on the right path. But we're talking now about the ultimate human being who's completely internalized Torah, completely internalized truth, and therefore that, that person, it's all from within now. They're not going to do anything wrong because the light of Torah is shining from within. Ritzoni Lomar, so what am I talking about, says the Ramam? Tsurasho Ha'enoshith, his ultimate human form, his tsura. When it is in its highest completed state, the person it himself or herself from inside, that will hold them back from those various things which keep us away from Shlemus. What are those bad things? Midos Ra'os. Bad mitos. So we have to do all this work in our olam hazeh, you know, form, 
to stay away from Midos Ra'os, to learn how to not to have Midos Ra'os, overcome Midos Ra'os. This ultimate person, those Midos Ra'os will be rejected from their personality based on who they are. There won't even be room for them to take hold because their Shlemus is just deflecting them. There's no place for them. That's the ultimate person. And it is that inner person which will motivate the person and move him, literally push him, move him toward all those things which bring which are good midas, the good things in the world. The Rambam says, this is what has become clear to me from the words of the Chachamim on this very lofty and honored topic. Right. To me, that's unbelievable. Like, you just don't find this kind of rendition in a couple of lines of what a human being becomes. Ultimately, this What's his lashon? The shleimus ha'enoshi, the ultimate completion of humankind, and it and of itself simply eliminates all chesron. It's coming from the inside. That's what we. That's where we arrive. That's our state in olam haba. We're talking about an olam haba person now, not an olam hazeh person, who's reached that state, and the yediyas Hashem that they have is continually perpetuating their existence, Lenetzach Nitzachim. needs a lot of reflection just to think about what the Ramam's talking about, but I think we can hear it a little bit, this idea of the ultimate actualization of being a human being, of being a Jew. Okay, there were some questions. Did everybody had a comment before or a question? No, I was thinking about, I, I think, did we learn in here the story about the table that they didn't have any money like golden leg came down. His, uh, Hanina Mitosa and his wife, right? right? And they and they gave it back. Right. A little louder. So you know, we don't understand that story, but on one level it seems like, you know, there's this idea that we had a little boy who was going to a museum. they were making a party for you know, his learning, he said, Oh, it's gonna take away from my own Haba. He was afraid of this. So it He's like seven years old, this little boy who said this. So clearly we have this idea like it's going to take away from something if I enjoy myself too much here. And, and so that's being this idea that he's telling us not to have. It's not about, you know, what you're going to get at Allah I'm living a life of truth. That's it. So then what does that story say that they gave that leg back? Unless it's just they understood that Hashem wanted them to give the leg back. It wasn't that, oh, you know, we're going to have a tilty table in Olam Haba. You know, it's like, that doesn't make sense. Because you have to make this balance between these ideas that are said that can encourage you to think that you are waiting for some kind of prize. And it's very clearly saying, no. So we're getting like both messages. Unless we're just have to really understand. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that the the resolution lies in the idea that enjoyment of avodas Hashem in this world, because we are enjoying avodas Hashem, is perfectly appropriate and fine. Not as a sake of reward. If we if we're getting that as a sense of reward then that could perhaps take something away. But when we're just involved in this life of Torah, Mitzvah, Savodas Hashem, and that is in and of itself enjoyable, meaning, and all the things that accompany that, like a beautiful Shabbos meal, or a beautiful Yom Tov meal, or a Siyum. The Rebbe was saying that we heard a little boy the other day, who was seven years old, he was going to have a Siyum in school, but he was afraid that it's going to take away from his Olam Haba, because they're going to enjoy the Siyum. That's pretty good for a seven-year-old to be thinking of that time. <laughs> so, but that's, you know, the chinuch there is like, no, that's part of it. That's not the schar. 
that's part of the enjoyment of Torah and mitzvahs and avodas Hashem. That, that is the life that we lead. With all the struggle that we have, we have the enjoyments as well. That's what I was thinking. Like, yeah. it, just, like, it doesn't make sense that serving Hashem should be bitter. Everything about it should be sweet. So that you're enjoying things here, like, and we make things in a way that they're enjoyable. Right. But I'm thinking about Rabbi Akiva, who's like happy that his flesh is being torn off of him. But what he's happy about is that he's serving Hashem in a way right. that he never imagined he really was wondering whether he really would be able to do that. So the sweetness for him is that he's being the kind of mitzvah because uh, he's really shukha, right. there on that level of that's what this world is all about and that's what brings ultimate enjoyment. Right. He, he's wanting to be mekayim that mitzvah. And perhaps Rabbi Hanina Mendoza and his wife recognized that that was that table leg, that golden leg, that that was extra. Perhaps they recognized that for them that was extra. Like it's going to end up detracting from what they're doing. So if it's extra, it takes away. If it's part of what you're doing, then it doesn't take away. That's just the, the flow, you know, of Jewish life. Yeah, Mira, please. Yes, as certainly as much as one can in Olam Hazeh, when they're truly living, you know, for ultimate Avodah Hashem. That famous story with the man who visited the Chafetz Chaim, he saw he lived with barely anything. He said, where's your furniture? And the Chafetz Chaim says, where's yours? He said, I'm just passing through, I'm traveling. Chafetz Chaim said, so am I. Right, so that's you know a way of life. He's understanding the ultimate ultimate goal of life. So as much as one can achieve that in this world, sure, you know, our tzaddikim, our tzidkaniyos, they they reach that madrega. That's the ultimate hishtadlus. And then the tachlis, like the Rambam says here, is the full manifestation of that in in olam haba, where there's literally nothing holding a person back. Nothing at all. Here, we're still held, no matter who we are, we're still held back. That's just the nature of Olam Hazeh. Linda, yeah, please. It, it kind of contradicts what you just said. Um, I thought when you reached that ultimate state that you got, <coughs> we're done here. Why would we move on? You can keep going higher and higher in this world. No, until, the, until Hashem says, okay, the time for this person is over. So an ultimate state in our world has another ultimate state above that, above that, above that, above that. Moshe Rabbeinu, Eliyahu Navi, like they're at the highest place, then it's over. But we can always, no matter where we are, we can always go higher. Until Hashem says, okay, that person's life is, has concluded. They reach their shleimus at 40, right? The Ramchal, the Arizal, right. right? But Rav Haigon lived till I think he was almost 100. So did the Rif. They were no less great. So it's a great, great people who live very, very long lives. The life allotment is from Hashem to make the most of that lifespan that we're given. We wouldn't say that somebody, a great person who lived, you know, 100 years, 110 years at they, they did that because they weren't reaching their shlemus at 40. I'm sure they were, but just for whatever Hashem's reasons, they needed the 110 years, and they needed the 40 years. Everyone, based on what Hashem gives them. Yeah, please, Sarah. So, the person who's reached the In Olam Hazeh? Yes. They're very much connected, but this Shlemus in, in our world cannot be manifested because the physical world is a barrier. The world itself 
and the human body is a barrier. So they've been makadish everything that they can, their life, the world, but this cannot be actualized until we shed this body. And that takes misa, that takes death. Now according to the Rambam, as you saw last time, this is now a soul, a neshama existence in Olam Haba. According to the Mukubalim, it's neshama and guf. But the guf is at such a high level that it's not a barrier. It's completely pure. Unlike the, in this world where it is a barrier. By definition. Okay. Yeah, please. Mrs. Fan, yeah, please. Okay, yeah, I believe that we can. So the, the Rambam is saying that Olam Haba is experienced by the Nishama and not by the Guf. And it seems to me that the Seder, according to the Rambam, is that you have Tichiyas HaMesim and then Moshiach and then people die at the end of that, lose their body, and then there's Olam Haba, which is an experience of the Neshama itself. Chiyas okay. <laughs> HaMesim. And then Moshiach, or during Moshiach. Some, at some point those coexist. Then at the very end of Moshiach, everybody dies. And when we, from there, we go to Olam Haba. That's how I understand the Rambam. And Olam Haba is the Neshama. The Mekubalim, as, as stated very clearly by the Ramchal and the Derech Hashem, is that first there is Mashiach. At the end of Mashiach, everybody dies. At that point, sorry, right after that point, is Tuchiyas HaMesim. So Tchiyas HaMesim is post-Mashiach, according to the Mukubalim. It's after Mashiach. For everybody? Or what about everybody. Well, some. Some were Zohar to it before, Tadikim. But just most people. So Tchiyas HaMesim follows Mashiach. That is the body and the soul together, the guf and the neshama, biyachat. That equals Olam Haba. According to the Mukubalim, Tchiyas HaMesim and Olam Haba are one and the same thing. The Ramchal says that in the Derech Hashem. It's one and the same thing. So after Mashiach, we die, we come back, body and soul together, a much higher body, and we live in that state of Tachiyas HaMesim Olam Haba L'Netzach Netzachim. No goof. According to the Rambam, there's, as I understand it, there's no goof at the time of Tachiyas HaMesim. I'm sorry, at the time of Olam Haba. We experienced Tchiyas HaMesim before, that's part of the Messianic era, the Tekufas HaMashiach, then that's over, and then that leads to Olam Haba, which is only the Neshama. That would be the difference, as I understand it, between the Rambam and the Mukubalim. Was that, uh, was that clear, Mrs. Friend, is it what you, you were asking? Okay, kind of? <laughs> kind of, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, please, Gail. According to the Rambam, No, according to the Ramchal and the Mukubalim, Chiyas HaMesim Olam Haba is not on this earth as we know it. Just like we go through a transformation of death and then we are rebuilt, resuscitated, body and soul, so too does the world. The world itself dies, whatever that means, and then it comes back and we live in that new world for Chiyas HaMesim with our new Guf and Nishama relationship, we live in a brand new, elevated sense of reality. So there's still such a thing as Eretz Yisrael, Yerushalayim, Beis HaMikdash, that still exists in that form, but it's a different form. It's a different level of reality. Just as we will exist, but in a different form. And the Rambam also, in his Olam Haba, he can't be talking about this world, talking about a, a Nishama existence. Rabbi Sinya. When the world dies, yeah. that's the Ramchal. The Ramchal says that, and that's also based on a Gemara in Sanhedrin, that the world is destroyed for a thousand years and then it is renewed. 
before Tchiyas HaMesim, yeah, that's the, the, the transformation that the world is going through before Tchiyas HaMesim happened is called 1,000 years of charuv, of desolation, you know, upheaval. So it's similar to death. Just like we die and then we'll come back, so too the world has a state of upheaval, death, and then it comes back, and that's where we live, but it's a, a spiritual place at that point. It's not a physical place. Bain time at that point, I don't know where we are. <laughs> All Nishamas really is, is, exists right now. It's where our Nishamas are now. So when the world is going through this transformation and then we're about to get to the how we exist, I don't know. The, the Gemara says that the Tzadikim at that time, they hover. So maybe we hover. <laughs> we're hovering while this is happening, but who knows what that means. Yeah, yeah please, Rebecca. Two things. One, I guess, I'm not I'm confused. Okay. And this, um, <laughs> what we just learned, this, uh, is he talking about, when he's talking about a, a person who is shown has everything that he's uh-huh. doing is coming from within, uh-huh. is he talking about a person in this world? No, he's, this is an Olam Haba person. Okay. Yeah. So this cannot be accomplished. This would be too much to hope for in this world. Yeah, because we ha- we have these things that hold that hold us back. A person through their hishtadlus, as, as he opens the paragraph, hishtadlus, as is doing as much as they possibly can in this regard in this world, and really could reach you know a very high level, but but it can't be manifested completely in this world. You need the reins and the bridle. Yes, you have to have the reins and the bridle. The beauty of Hulamba is you don't. Right. You need that, you don't have right. It will be just all coming from within, okay. that ultimate state of tachlis. And and I never. How do you reconcile that Hashem, after the model, said He's never going to destroy the world again? Yeah. Well, that means destroy in the sense of onesh. Uh-huh. This kind of destroy means transformation. It's a different thing. Yes, Meir, please. Well, we're talking about the Arizal and all of those who followed the teachings of the Arizal, which is basically everybody. Uh, just the, the Rambam, as we said, did not. Have, the Arizal lived after the Rambam, but the Rambam did not have Kabbalah at his disposal. So the Arizal and everybody who came after him, which was influenced by that idea, there's nobody who who wasn't, and. In the time of the Rambam, the, the Rambam, one century later, one of the greatest Mukubalim, of course, was the Ramban. The Ramban lived after the Rambam, also lived in Spain, but he had Kabbalah. The Ramban had the Kabbalah. He was part of the train, the chain of Kabbalah. Why the Rambam wasn't? Who knows? But the Ramban was. So from the time of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and the teachings of the Zohar, as I said, mentioned last week, that's all passed down in a secretive way. And then it emerges more publicly in Jewish history, first with the Ramban, and then even more so a few hundred years later with the Arizal. So now all circles have been affected by that. The Hasidim, the Baal Shem Tov, they're all following the Arizal's teaching. The Misnagdim, the Gon of Vilna, is following the Arizal's teaching. The Sfardim, the Orachayim Hakadosh, is following Narizal's teaching. The Ramchal, every every stream of thought from that time um, has been following that Mahal. And before that, as well, it's just that it was before that it was much more secretive. So you may be aware of it, or you may not be aware of it. But once the Arizal came, then everybody was aware of it. And this was in the Gemara, in other words. This what what the Rambam is saying? Perchelig is part of the of the Masechta Sanhedrin, but it's stated in very concise terms. The Rambam is elaborating on what the Gemara says. What he's saying here, he's drawing on the words of the Gemara, but not quoting them except for that statement: "Kol Yisrael Yeshlam Chelak Lolam Haba." That's a Mishnah. But then he goes on his own to describe what that is. To Kabbalah. So right. The other people did have access. 
Yes. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Look up, please. Joy is not extra. Simcha is not extra. Simcha is part of the flow of life. Right. So what is the extra? Um, I wish I could tell you. you know, it's, it's when it goes from simcha to self-indulgence. You know, from simcha to overindulgence. So simcha is not only... It's not reward. It's, it's, ex, it's a natural part of of Torah life, and we want it, we, let, we, we enjoy it, we celebrate it, but when we go into overindulgence, then that's no longer simcha anymore, that's a, that's a different thing, and now that's extra. So one has to be self-aware, it takes a lot of hisbonenus uh, to make those, those kind of decisions, you know, in life, what's too much. So it could be individual for different people. Absolutely, absolutely. I was talking to someone the other day who was a hard-working person. His wife's a hard-working person. And Baruch Hashem, you know, a Torahic family coming up in their life is the Simcha. And they're saying, how do we do this? Like, how do we pay for this? Like, the standard which has been set is, is too high. It's too high. We have to have this Baruch Hashem, you know, wonderful bar mitzvah and a kiddush and a lunch, okay. But then there's this party, and you don't really have to have the big party, but how could I not do that? Because what about my son and all of his friends? Like, like who set that standard? So no, that's another $5,000. So, you know, we, we have to be reflective um, on these things. And, you know, that, 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 that keeps going and going and going. You know, that's almost you know, uh, close to an inlet over so <laughs> type of thing. Baruch Hashem is not crazy here in Baltimore, but it's, it certainly um, puts a lot of pressure on people who are making a living salary but don't have another $10,000, you know, to do that, you know, every couple years, whatever it is. So are, are we okay with that kind of stuff? And in my opinion, no, it's, it's gone too far. Even here it's gone too far. Like why? Why, why are we putting that kind of pressure? Why can't it be that if you do it, you do it. If you have it, fine. If not, fine. You know, people can't seem to live like that. Everybody has to do it. Very hard. Yeah, Varda, please. Yes. Okay, so the third base on Mikdash is part of Mashiach. That will be here in the time of Mashiach Sikenu. That is a physical building on a very high level. Now, when it says that it comes down Mina Shemaim, a binyan shal that needs to be understood relative to a physical building. But nonetheless, it's a physical base on Mikdash. In the time of Mashiach, we are physical people operating on a very, the very highest of levels. That's the bias Hashlishi, which Bezras Hashem, Yimhera Biyamenu, will be here. That's with our goof. Our goof and, and our body and soul as we have it now, where the body is dominant over the neshama, but our neshama will be much more expressed in the time of Mashiach than it is now. And then following that, following Mashiach's era, based on the Ramchal, Tchiyas HaMesim, based on the Ramam Olam Haba, that's the whole new level of reality. And there will be a Beis HaMikdash then too, but that will be a spiritual thing. Just like we will be much more spiritual at the time. Every, everything will be. Yeah, Dory, please. So, if we die in this world, before Mashiach comes, then we don't come back to Beis HaMikdash? Okay, so to me, it seems like, according to the Rambam, people do. 
because Chiyas and Mesim and Mashiach are coinciding. According to the Mukubalim and the Ramchal, you don't. Only Tzadikim. Only Tzadikim get Chiyas HaMesim during Mashiach. Everybody else gets to Chiyas HaMesim after Mashiach. Yeah, not, not the physical one. They'll be in the higher one after Mashiach is over, which will be even better. It'll all work out. <laughs> But yeah, Lahora, based on the Mukubalim, that the Mashiach era will be for those who live during that era, era and those who received Chiasamesim at that time, not, not, other, not other people. Yeah, yeah Rebbe, some please. Uh, two things. One is in response to Alpha's question, what is too much joy? Right. I was also thinking about when, when Kleistral didn't want to leave the Yamasuf and most of them had to push them on. Right. Because that was an enjoyment of a spiritual, spiritual enjoyment. Na- nature that was not for this because that's why we're not here right. to enjoy right. not because because we have to be here to put in the and that's something from you know, right well we can, we can enjoy that but then, but then we have to move on right so Kriyas Yamsuf and that Ziv Hashkina pardon me that was present there we were able to be mastic that and appreciate that, but then time to move on. So now with, with the Mashiach, we should all experience that. Amen. And the knowledge of Hashem comes into the world fully. Yes. Then are we like Adam and We're not in our new, you know, fabricated body soul arrangement, but are we like Adam and Chav and Yeah. In the time of Mashiach, we are like Adam and Chava, Kodam yeah. There's no, no Ra emanating from inside of us. But our physical existence doesn't change. Right. We, our physical body is L'chorah, the same. So it's not the physical body that Adam and Chava had, but it is like Kodam nonetheless. So it seems. Which would mean that our physical body then will be a very pure, even though it's physical, it'll be very pure. Not like they had. No, not as far as I know. Right. Yes, may you please? Um, The concept of the reins and the bridle Mm -hmm. is very uh, um, intriguing because um, the children uh, obviously need, you know, the chinuch, and you can see the reward and the punishment. Like the reins and the bridle are like um, exterior reward mm-hmm. and punishment. Right. Like, so children obviously need that. Yes. And then as a person matures more and more, they can impose the self-discipline. In other words, if more so. said becomes... More so. More so. Yeah. We're not, we're not at the plane that we don't need reins and bridles. So but we, 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 we need it. It's just that we're not like kids, so but we still need it. Our reins and bridles. Uh, hopefully our reins and bridle are coming very much from within. That we understand the importance of discipline <laughs> and restraint and balance and it becomes the person who we are. But an adult needs that also from the outside. We need external discipline and consequence. Very much needs it. We need it. Right. We're talking about a very, you know, spiritually advanced person where that's all coming from within. That's not really an Olam Hazedic person. It's the highest level of human life. The Ramam's calling it the Enoshius Bishle Musa. Yeah. Sometimes you have to be in a cave. Sometimes you have to be in a cave, like Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And, well, no, doesn't yeah. the Ramam say that if your society is not yes. taking you in the other direction, that and would you be got to go out. And then you're a person in that in, in the cave would be a person that off. is not getting those exterior cues. Yeah, well, so well they, they are, based on where he's living, he, he still has to impose those things on himself. Yeah. 
but society is different. Yeah. I think Esther, you had a hand up for you? Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I, I apologize. It's probably not the question to ask <laughs> at this point in class, but we've learned in the past about Gilgulam and how most likely we all are right now, pieces of different shaman. So we've been talking about how we would perhaps go through um, this process into Omotaba, but we're not whole. I mean, not just in, in the um, sense of how we behave and how we act, but in terms of pieces of different shamans in us. Okay. So how is that going to sort out? Or is it? Oh, but most definitely will. So first of all, we are whole. And our, our neshama, every Jew's neshama, is a very specific and unique combination of pieces of neshama, which makes up their unique neshama. You have your own unique form of neshama, so does everybody else. That's whole. At the same time, that is part of a much bigger neshama, connected to many other Jews as well. When we're all masake in our different halakim that God gave us, that will all come back at, in this end of days, Mashiach time, in its full and completed sense. We'll all be whole and properly connected. It won't be different pieces. It will all be an achdus of Klal Yisroh. And then Tchiyas HaMesim, on, on an even higher level, that will be achieved. So now we're working on our chilek, which is un, in and of itself whole, but then it will be manifested as whole in itself and also whole as part of Kal Yisrael. So in a sense, what we know is our personality or our inner um, speech. Uh, and that's going to like go away. In a way. No, no, it will be actualized. Or be actualized. Yes. Okay. Right. It will not go away. It will be completely fulfilled. So the personality that every one of us had, which is Me'es Hashem, our own unique personality, that will be achieved in its highest Anoshius Bishlemuso state. We will have our ultimate personality. We call it mispersonality, right? <laughs> and, and as the Rabbim says here, anything bad, negative, that, that, that will be gone. But the pure self personality remains and is actualized. That's a beautiful you know, idea. Pardon me? All the bad is gone. Jody, did you have a hand up before? A while ago. Yeah? I, was, I was just Please. interested. You were saying that the Ramban had access to the Kabbalah yeah. and not Ramban. Yeah. But they, I, mean, I was just wondering if that came over from Aristotle when Jews went to Spain and some brought it and some didn't. It has to be, right? Because the Rambam, you know, was born and raised in Spain, even though he... different areas. Yes, there were uh, different areas of Spain, yes. And they were far they were far apart, and they, they were a hundred years apart. And somehow, you know, that particular group that he had did not have that, or at least he didn't, and the Ramban and his teachers did. Where that came from, you know, again, to, too hard for me to say. Too hard for me to say. But it, somehow that got transplanted from Eretz Yisroh, where it originated, let's say at the time of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, when the Jews went out into Golis, so some of those Jews took with them the Mesorah of Kabbalah and they passed it down secretly, Midor Lador, and the Ramban was part of that the Ramban was part of that chain. Yeah. Gil, yeah, please, yeah. Um, comment and a question. Just back to the bar mitzvah, I I have seen, I think, the commitment of the community as a whole to simplify weddings. Yeah, I mean, there are some good standards trying to simplify weddings, make less expensive alternatives. It's true, which is good. And then question, are we going to be getting to what will day-to-day -day life look like? In Mashiach? <laughs> no, it's really what he said before about that, about a page or two ago, about that ultimate state of wisdom and the Melech HaMashiach and his glory and in his reign and what everything. What will we do? It sounds like we will be involved with Chachma, wisdom, 
there will be some um, attempt at earning Parnasa, but the Ramam says it will be extremely easy, almost effortless. So Lachara, the rest is, is as I would see it, it's Avodah Hashem. It seems to me like they are. They are. Yeah. In Mashiach's era. Very easily. Right. <laughs> no Tsar Gidalbani, no Tsar Leda. That's all gone. I think we have one more Mrs. Fran. Yeah, please. Together. Yeah, where does Gehenna? All right, so Gehenna really is part of Olam HaNeshamas. So where, which you didn't talk about really today, but we mentioned it before, when a person leaves this world, their body goes to the kever, their neshama goes to olam ha-neshamas. And it waits there until triyas ha-mesim. Part of olam ha-neshamas is Gehenim. If a, if a neshama has to experience some degree of onesh and purification, then it spends some time in Gehenim there, and then it's released. So it is a facet of olam ha-neshamas. L'chora, yeah, I don't quite understand that. You're saying they won't have to go there yeah. after when when they die. Yeah. yeah, apparently not, unless there's a, an aspect of Olam Hanishamas right before Triyas Hamesim. That question that was asked before, what happens between Mashiach and Triyas Hamesim? I don't know. So that state of suspension or hovering, maybe there's an Olam Hanishamas, Hanishamas type place. It doesn't seem like it to me, but may- maybe so. I'm not sure. Okay, one more. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mitzvahs, I know I've heard certain things like yeah. certain holidays we will have certain like what, which we, we will have mitzvahs, for sure. The Torah is eternal. We'll have mitzvahs. So don't we say mitzvahs. Holidays yeah, but it means to say that those Yom Tovim will be less. They say all Yom Tovim will be batal except for Hanukkah and Purim. But it really means that they'll just... You know, Pesach doesn't go away. It's part of the Torah. So there's something about it that's going to be different. That's not, not the same way we experience it now. But it's not going to be gone. But if everything in the Torah stays Torah, yeah. and you have Hanukkah and Purim, what's the difference? No Tisha B'Av? Yeah, no, well, well, there will be Tisha B'Av. Tisha B'Av will be a celebration. Yeah, it doesn't go away. It just it just transformed into a different kind of a day. Yes, that's that's how I understand that. We won't have the meaning not in the form that we know them now. But anything that's in the Torah ain't going away. Right? That's that's eternal. Just depends on what form it's in. Have a great week, everybody. Have a good job. It's nice to see you. Okay, down from the stratosphere, right? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much.